Well, good morning again. So uh, this morning we're going to be talking about Sola Scriptura. And I think I may have said this last week. I, I said it to the inquirers class this morning that I've never, I've never actually preached a sermon series like this on the Solas of the Reformation. So this is somewhat new and it, it has proven to be a, 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 a tad bit more challenging than I would have thought. And I think that's because each of these ideas is first rooted in Scripture, and there's much that could be said, but they're also, um, these doctrines are um, uh, significant, they're profound, uh, there are um, lots of questions that begin to arise out of them. So this morning we're going to be talking about Sola Scriptura or the Scriptures alone. And um, what it, what that means, what that looks like a little bit. And I, as I thought about this, I thought, you know, this will make a, um, a great class, a great quarterly Sunday school class. And we're going to be starting that new system in March with uh, four classes offered each quarter. And I, and I thought, you know, this would make, this is the kind of thing that will make a great Sunday school class where we take about 10 or 11, 12 weeks and we work our way through the idea of solar scripture and we go down all of the rabbit trails that I will not have time to go down this morning, but you may be thinking, how did we get the Bible? How did the canon of scripture uh, come together? What did that look like? What were the various councils um, to, to really kind of um, work on some of the, the nitty-gritty details. It, it would make a really uh, great class. And, um, and so those are the sorts of things as we look towards um, our new Sunday school setup that we're going to be, uh, we are going to be doing. We're going to be tackling some of those ideas in our Sunday school classes along with some other very practical things. And uh, you'll be hearing more about that um, here soon. And I, I do want to remind you, we have the, uh, the, the uh, Bible conference that's going to be that um, second weekend in February. Dr. Dennis Johnson from Westminster Seminary in Escondido, California. Um, Dr. Johnson was one of my seminary professors and uh, also uh, um, I served as an intern at New Life Presbyterian Church under him. And he's going to be with us. There's a wonderful book on uh, the book of Revelation, The Triumph of the Lamb. So he's going to come. It'll be a Friday evening, um, Saturday morning, and then he'll be with us both for Sunday school, a, a joint Sunday school, and he'll be preaching that day, um, giving to us kind of our kickoff overview of the book of Revelation. Great opportunity. There's some information uh, out in the narthex, and you'll get another handout encouragement next week. But I hope you're planning to attend and um, perhaps a good opportunity to invite someone who may be interested in that. <clears throat> So this morning I want to lay out uh, somewhat simply the idea of sola scriptura. Sim- simply put, the idea of sola scriptura is this, that we have as, our, as the only rule for faith, that is uh, gospel presentation, the only rule for giving to us the gospel and for our practice, that is, how are we going to live gospel-centered lives? The only rule that we have for that, we believe, is the Word of God. That kind of encapsulates for us 
the idea of Scripture alone. And you ask, well, now how does, how did, well, that doesn't sound terribly controversial, does it? Uh, that Christians would utilize the Bible for faith and practice. But down through history, it actually is a little bit controversial in that there was a structure that um, had developed and um, that Martin Luther ran up against at the time of the Reformation in which the church had um, placed itself right alongside the Word. And so <clears throat> the, the, um, the Catholic Church, the, the Roman Catholic Church, had developed a system in which the church itself was as authoritative as the Word. And so whatever the church said um, about the Word could actually, in, in a sense, trump what the Word was saying. And so... Um, that was the system that Luther encountered. And, and what he ran up against time and time again was he was going to the Word, because remember, Luther was a, a young scholar, um, working in the Word, constantly working in the original languages. And so he kept going, but the Word says this. And the church kept coming back, yeah, but the church says this. And so he was seeing, okay, we've, there's a kind of a power struggle here. And so what arose up out of the Reformation was the idea that the Scriptures alone interpret the Scriptures. So Scripture interpret, interprets Scripture. And what we mean by that is this. <clears throat> what we try to do, and what we have tried to do down through time, down through the, the last 500 years at least, is we've tried to allow what we see is the plain, clear teaching of Scripture interpret those things which are less plain and less clear in the Word. Because if you've read your Bible, one of the things that you know is it ain't all equally clear. Can I get an amen? Right? Um, it, it's not all as... It, you know, you can go to some passage, you read them, and they uh, don't quite make the sense that other passages do. And so the Bible, um, not all of it is as, as equally clear as other parts. So what we, what we have seen in Scripture and what we believe is that um, it is plainly clear and obvious what it takes to be converted, and it is Fairly plain and clearly obvious what God requires of us as believers in Christ Jesus. Such that you should have no problem both being converted, were you to come to the Word and were the Word to work in your life, and you should have no problem being able to leave the Word and go and live a godly life. That's what we believe about the Bible. Now, that does not mean there are not difficult parts of the Bible. There are. Um, and what we want when we come to those difficult parts is not to let those things that are difficult for us to understand uh, take on too much importance or too little importance. And what we want to see and what we try to do is allow the Word to interpret itself. Um, now, <clears throat> so one of the things then that we're not saying when we talk about Sola Scripture is we're not saying that the Word tells us everything. That's one of the confusing things. When we say that we believe 
that the scriptures should interpret the scriptures, and we say that we believe that the Bible is infallible and inerrant. That means it's without error. What we're not saying is that the Bible um, is telling us everything about the world in which we live. You know that. You know that if you're a machinist, the Bible is not the place to go to learn how to turn out steel or whatever. Uh, if you're a pilot, it's not the place you go to learn how to fly a plane. Um, if you're, uh, you know, whatever it is, the Bible is not a handbook for us to necessarily understand the details of of the world in which we live. Science does a, a, a marvelous job of helping us see and know uh, God and, um, and his handiwork. Mathematics, uh, likewise, uh, mathematicians often say that um, in the sciences, uh, math is the language of God through which he speaks order into a chaotic world in which we live. So... Um, so what we're not saying is that the Bible speaks to those issues. It doesn't. But it does speak to our salvation. It does speak to our practice as those who follow Christ. And it does so clearly and plainly such that we really don't need nor have to go anywhere else in order to find out how to live. Now, that said, what I want to do this morning is I want to take us to a passage which supports, if you will, and buttresses up that idea of sola scriptura, and that is, I want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. Some of you are panicky because you want to get to the restaurant before the Baptist church this morning, and you're noticing that it's just now 1028, and I am aware of that. Oh, oh, 11, sorry. (laughs) All right, let's read the word together, and then we'll spend a little bit of time in it. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation Through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let me pray for us. Father, we do thank you. You've given to us your word. Each and every Lord's Day as we come, we open it because we want to know what you have to say about the world in which we live and the lives that we live in this world. And so, Father, um, we ask this morning that you would do the same. Give us the utmost confidence in your word that it and it alone is what you have given to us in order that we would live rightly before you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we have uh, a little section out of a book in which the Apostle Paul is writing to a young, a young pastor, a young elder, Timothy. And, um, and he is trying to, in a very succinct way, kind of give him 
the tools, the encouragements, the, the support that he needs in order to pastor well his congregation. And, um, and so there are a couple of things that I just want to kind of draw out from this passage as we look at it. First, this. Sola Scriptura doesn't preclude the teaching of the Word, and it doesn't preclude learning the Word from others. You'll notice what the Apostle Paul says, right? But as for you, Timothy, continue what? And what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from who you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. So earlier in the book, it's uh, his mother and his grandmother who uh, gave him good, solid, foundational instruction in the Word. Now, for young Timothy, what was the Word? The Word was that Old Testament. All right, that's the Word that the Apostle Paul is referring to here. The writings, the teachings of the Old Testament, Old Covenant Scriptures. And so... When, when, when he refers to that, what he's saying is, listen, your, your grandmother and mother did a great job. They taught you the Word. They taught you about the Word. You saw it in word and deed in their lives, and that is good, Timothy, because that grew you. And so he is exhorting Timothy, look to the things that were taught you. Now, in essence, what he is really telling him is this. Look to those things that they taught you, that you have learned. And and notice in verse 15, he somewhat caveats it when he says, and how from infancy you have known what? The Holy Scriptures. So as those things comport with what you have learned from the Word, let those things dwell in you, you dwell in them. Let them thrive richly in you, for those things are good. Continue in the Word. Uh, that's really important. Because Sola Scriptura doesn't preclude teaching. It doesn't preclude preaching. It doesn't preclude the oral passing on of the Word. But only insofar as it matches up with the Word. Are you with me? So... Uh, it, it, if I if I were to come in here some Sunday morning and to teach something, and I'm sure I have, I'm sure I, I know, <laughs> um, I'm sure I have erred somewhere because I am a fallible man. Um, I have probably you know, preached something from this pulpit that just shouldn't have been said, shouldn't have happened. Um, I can't remember what it is, but. I am sure over the last 18 months that has happened somewhere, somehow. And, um, and, and, and what I pray for is that those sorts of things fall to the ground. And as you study the Word and as you investigate the Word, as you walk through the Word in your own life, you will be um, able to see with clarity those things that, I say, which comport and align with the Word, because what we seek to do, what we want to do, is be teaching the Word. I don't want to teach you anything that is of my own um, you know, design or anything of, of those sorts. We really try to come from the Word. But Sola Scripture doesn't preclude teaching. It doesn't preclude the church proclaiming the Word. 
We are called to do that. Paul will tell Timothy, right? Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. So the word is, is, is important. But teaching the word, learning the word from others is critical. And sola scripture or the scriptures alone don't preclude that. Here's the second thing that I want you to see. Sola scripture invites us to learn and know the word. Right? Because what? The word, as you'll see in the second half of verse 15, makes us wise for salvation. We only know salvation. The Lord can and does save people apart from the word. I, I believe that. Um, and, 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 often, and sometimes he uses the word in strange situations. There was a, a, several years ago I was introduced to a pastor in Turkey, an evangelical minister who was also Turkish, kind of a rare breed. And um, Mission to the World was working with this guy, and I had a chance to, to meet him and talk with him. And his testimony is the most amazing testimony because um, wanting to learn English as a Turkish man one of the things that he did is he often found himself watching a channel that, that whose programming was in English. And so he would follow that. And he first heard the word being read by Pa in Little House on the Prairie. Believe it. And was converted via that message. All right? Strange happenings. So the Lord works in and through those things, yes. The Word is what makes us wise for salvation. It's what opens our eyes to our sin and to our Savior. And, and the message is found in the Word of God. It isn't found in the stars. It's not found in the oceans. It isn't found in the mountains. Do the heavens declare the glory of God? Absolutely. Uh, do the seas and the oceans proclaim his handiwork? Yes. And, and the psalmist says, day after day they pour forth speech, and night after night they proclaim him, so that everyone knows he exists. But you cannot discern the gospel by looking into the night sky. You discern the gospel, you hear and know the gospel, both as it is proclaimed from the Word and as you read the Word. Because the Word holds the key to salvation. Paul tells Timothy, it makes you wise for salvation. What? Through Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ. We talked last week about faith alone. And here is the Word generating that faith in Christ. And so it's critically important. Why should you know it as a believer? Well, you're going to see here in a minute because it makes you wise for living the Christian life. But you should know the Word so that you can transfer the Word, so you can give the Word away. I'll never forget sitting in that little laundry room in Ankara, Turkey, when, that, when Dave Nickerson walked in and he asked me if I knew the Lord and I fumbled over a bunch of things and he said, no, how do you know that you're, you're right with Jesus? How do you know Jesus? And how do you know you're a Christian? And I couldn't answer him. And so what he did is he started drawing out on paper, but he, 
he was drawing the word out. He was writing out the word because he knew it, because he had hidden it in his heart, because he had thought upon it and, and he had memorized it. And so there's a, a great uh, encouragement here for us when we see that the Holy Scriptures make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We want to know them. Do you know the Word? Are you in the Word? Because listen, remember the Gospel is not merely for you to have faith. It is for you to live on. You grow on the Gospel as well. Here's the third thing. All Scripture comes from God. It comes through human authors to be sure. Um, But in verse 16, what we read is that all Scripture is God-breathed, literally breathed out by God. Second um, Peter 1.20 says, No prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? I don't know. That is one of the mysteries um, of what God has done, right? That that men were pinning these words, and yet the Spirit was carrying them along. And then, like I said, and, and you know, the formation of the word to see the beauty of its parts as it comes together, as it affirms itself in a, in a myriad of ways um, that we can't spend any time on this morning. So all Scripture comes from God. It is His Word to us. Listen, um, it's easy. It's easy to go other places. It's easy to look for, to seek, uh, to to hope that you get some special revelation. The Bible is pretty clear that it is God's special revelation to us. You don't need any other revelation in order to live before Him. Yeah, but I'm trying to make this decision about what... The wisdom to make those decisions is found in His Word. And so when you pray, pray not to receive some special revelation. Pray that God's Word would give you a good foundation and wisdom that you would be able then to apply His wisdom to your particular situation. All right, let's move here quickly. I, I want to close uh, just on this, right? The scriptures that we have are, also, are, are useful not only to make us wise for salvation, but they're useful for faith and practice in the Christian life. Look at the way he says it. All scriptures God breathed and it's useful. And then he gives us two couplets. It is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. Teaching and rebuking have to do primarily with doctrine. It gives us the substance of our faith. So it it gives us the foundational grounding that we need. It tells us, for instance, who Jesus is. It, it, It gives to us an understanding of God's attributes. 
It, it describes for, for us who he is so that we can understand our creator and the savior. So it gives us doctrinal meat if, or doctrinal bones, if you want to put it that way. But then uh, the second couplet has to do with our conduct, correcting us and training us in righteousness. So the word gives us both what it is we're to believe, and then it gives us how it is we are to live. And again, doesn't tell you every day, you know, doesn't tell you if you should buy a house in, uh, you know, Eatonton or Greensboro, doesn't tell you if you should take a job at this place or that place, but it gives you the wisdom in which to go forth and make decisions. And so, if you look at that, you'll see the, the beauty of what it is that Paul is telling Timothy. The Word has tell, told us what to believe and how to live. Quite simply. For what purpose? Verse 17. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for what? Every good now, if you go back to Ephesians, if you cross this over with Ephesians chapter 2, what does he tell us? That we were created in Christ Jesus, what? To do good works. Right? So the Apostle Paul is being, you know, quite simply, um, he's, he's, uh, he's affirming himself here when he tells us the Bible tells you what to do and how to do it and all so that we would go out and we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It actually says here, uh, verse um, at the beginning of verse 17, when it says thoroughly equipped, you can actually, uh, uh, an acceptable translation there would be super equipped. The man of God is super equipped by the Word of God so that he can go out into all the world and do what it is that God has called him to do. So, sometimes, uh, occasionally I'm asked about uh, our stance concerning the Word, and, and I hope this morning this helps a little bit. The Word, we believe, is our only rule for faith and practice. It guides what we do. We talked this morning in our inquirers class, right? One of the things that we have in the Presbyterian Reformed context is what we call the regulative principle of worship. And what we, what we simply mean by that is that the Word regulates our worship. So, for instance, you can go to another PCA church, and what you will find is maybe a difference in the expression. That is, it may look and sound differently um, the pastor may wear blue jeans and a T-shirt, and they may sing all praise hymns off the screen, and they may have a guitar and set of drums up here, but the content will be the same. The Word will be central. The sacraments will be practiced. Um, all of those sorts of things. And so you can go from one of our churches to another of our churches and experience the same uh, thing in terms of the content and the teaching. Why? Because the Word is what governs us. The Word is what governs your session. The Word is what governs your diaconate. The Word is what governs the way we do things. So when something comes along, uh, typically, 
I, you know, ask myself, is the, does, does, does the Word give me any guidance here? And, and with a number of things, it doesn't. It doesn't tell us anything about the color of our carpet. It doesn't tell us anything about what time we should have service. And so we have a number of, number of things in which we just try to use good general wisdom about. And that's how we operate our church. As a believer, as a congregant, here's my encouragement to you. Be in the Word. Be people of the Word. Let the Word saturate your life. Grow yourself in it. Study it. Read it. Memorize it. Listen to it. Talk about it. Because the more you do that, the more you'll be challenged, the more you'll be equipped to challenge others, the more you will be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has prepared in advance for you to do. Let me pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, we would ask that as we meditate on it each and every day, that our meditations would be acceptable in your sight, and that you would grow us, you would sustain us. Father, you would continue to call to mind for us what it is that you would have us do as your people, both here in this church and in our community, all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.